You're listening to nothing but the best of internet marketing talk, and you're listening to the David Connolly Show. And here's your host, David Connolly. Well, greetings, you crazy rock and rollers. You're listening to The David Connolly Show here at www.dcradionetwork.com. This is the show where we interview the best, the best, did you hear me? The best internet marketing gurus this side of the galaxy. Now, you may be wondering, who are these so-called internet marketing gurus. I mean, is it me? Is it just me? Am I going to come on and try and pretend to be some kind of guru? No. Could it be maybe some some guy from the neighborhood, maybe a friend of mine, and we've teamed up and we're going to go, yeah, let's all pretend to be experts. Yeah. No. Let me tell you people, the experts on this show, they really are the best. I have hunted high and I have hunted low. We have, uh, oh geez, you know, I have a list of about, <laughs> I have a list of about 200 people uh, lined up waiting to come on, and we've got best-selling authors. I've got a few people who actually are TV regulars. I've got one guy who has his own TV show. We have all sorts of real hardcore uh, experts, and they're all going to be coming on and giving us the best of what they have. I, I'm just so happy to be here. Anyway, um, before I introduce this week's guest, and let me tell you, I have a fantastic guest lined up this week for you. Before I introduce this week's guest, let me just say a couple of words about the show in general, if that's okay. Now, this show is completely commercial free. I have nothing to sell, I have no product launches, I have no sponsors, to be honest I don't really need any sponsors, I'm not in this for the money, it's just something that I like to do and it's all free for you, free, 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 it's all free and that's fine. But you know the funny thing is it's not really free for me, I have to pay for the servers and the cheap microphones and all of that stuff and um, you know I I can tell you that there's actually a lot of what goes on for each of these shows you know behind the scenes I've got to uh, go basically approaching all of these experts and practically begging them to come on and there's quite a lot goes on even though the show only lasts I don't know 45 minutes or an hour or something you know Um, so if you uh, you know, I, I want to just say something, okay? If you enjoy this kind of show, if, if you can see a certain value in having all of the experts coming on here, you know, th- those sons of a guns, they're coming on here free of charge, okay? We're all doing this just kind of for the love of it. And if you appreciate this kind of content, if you, uh, you know, if you can dig what we're doing, all I ask is, Just let me know that you are alive. That's all I'm asking. Just let me know that you are alive. Um, There's three ways that you can let me know you're alive. You can head to the website dcradionetwork.com 
and there's a comment section there. It's very easy, you just click and you can make a comment, it's really easy. Head on in and make a comment. It would really, really make me very happy and even if it's a negative comment, it would probably still make me happy. And you know what? If you have a website, why don't you leave a comment and then put a link on for your website? It's okay with me, so have a link on me. It would be very, very cool and it would make me happy. The second thing you can do is there's a link along the top, I think it is, for David's Insider Club. And that's a kind of thing for the hardcore who are really looking for the inside scoop on what's really happening in the wonderful world of the internet, uh, or at least the internet marketing community. Uh, sign up for that if you want, it's free. You just whack your email address in and you'll have all sorts of free goodies and information and whatnot that does not go out on the show. So that's there as well. Finally, there's a Facebook page attached to this whole thing and if you go to the website dcradionetwork.com, look on the right hand side, you'll see a face, uh, a Facebook box thing there and there's a like button. If you can dig what's coming at you, please hit the like button and my pledge to the universe is if I have 2,000 links by April 2012, I shall do not one show per week but two shows per week. So at the moment, it's just coming out at the weekend. If you want two shows per week, hit like. If I get 2,000, I shall do two shows per week. Um, anyway, so that's that's it. So please let me know you're alive. It means the world to me. Honestly, I'm not going to sell you or anything. I'm not going to come on and give you a sales spiel. It, it would just make me feel good, you know. And maybe it's an egotistical thing from me, but... It would just make me so happy if you just let me know you're alive. So, is that okay? Can we handle that? Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay, well, let's not waste another minute. Let's not waste another minute. My guest today is an expert on the subject of blogging. Now, I don't know if you have a blog. I have a blog, and I have to tell you, it is very rubbish, okay? I have this rubbish blog, like, in the darkest corners of the web, and I'm not even going to give you the link. It's so rubbish. But my guest today is such a guru. She has figured out how to play the blogging scene like the way Jimi Hendrix plays the guitar. I mean, she has practically turned it into a science. And she's here today. She's going to be giving us all sorts of wonderful tips on how to make the most of our blogs. And she's really made a career out of this. You're going to love it. She comes all the way from America. I am in Scotland, of course. Uh, so if the line goes a wee bit dodgy, hang on in there. Don't get angry with your computer. But here she comes. Her name is Thursday Bram. Hi, Thursday. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you very much. Feeling good and looking fine. Uh, so what have you been up to lately? Well, I've been doing a lot of um, working with clients to promote their websites through blog posts, guest posts, other online content. And I've actually just did a soft launch on one of my own projects, which is a membership site. Um, you know, I have to, I hope you'll forgive me, but I really must uh, pick your brains about these blog posts and whatnot, because uh, as far as I can tell, isn't that 
quite a nifty way of getting sites to the top of Google and things like that. Oh, it it does phenomenally well, and it builds more of a lasting connection with with an audience. So they keep coming back. They keep being involved with what you're doing. Hopefully, they keep buying what you're selling. Oh yeah, that's fantastic. I I've tried it, but to be honest, I'm all I'm nowhere near as expert as you are. And I wasn't even sure where to post or anything. So I'm just so glad to have you here. I appreciate you being here. And, uh, oh, geez, uh, you know, I hope you'll forgive me if, if I'm just asking you all questions about what you do. I'm, I'm trying my best to learn, you know. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to answer them. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So you were saying something about, was it a membership site of some sort? Yes. Right, right. What's the story with that then? Well... I started off as a fairly run-of-the-mill freelance writer, actually, many years ago. I actually started freelancing in high school. Mm-hmm. And as my business has grown, there have been lots of times when I had to spend a lot of time on research and figuring out how to make the mechanics of growing that freelancing business into something bigger work. Mm-hmm. So I've packaged up everything that I've learned along the way and made it available to other freelancers through this membership site. I see, I see. So is it some kind of coaching thing for people who want to get into the freelance stuff? That that might be a way of describing it. A, a lot of the people that um, have been finding it useful have been freelancing a little bit, but sort of want to up their game. Yeah. So is this kind of like one of the... Uh, sort of online courses, almost like a kind of product launch formula type thing. You know how you, you get that kind of thing going on sometimes on the web, people teaching, uh, doing videos and all of that. Is it that kind of thing or is it more, I don't know, kind of academic? Um, it's a little bit along the, the lines of sort of the way that a lot of the internet marketing sorts of courses go. Yeah. Um, it's a lot more targeted than I think some of those have been in the past. It's very specific types of people that I'm, I'm working with. Oh. Um, I've, I've definitely followed a lot of the, the product launch formula stuff and picked up some, some of the ways that I am doing this course through there, though. Yeah, yeah. So is it going to be primarily a text thing then, or is it audio? Or how, how does it work? Um, because so many people have different learning styles, we're including text, we're including phone calls, we're including a forum so that people can get some interaction and sort of work through things with, with a little bit more support. So it's kind of an all-in-one package. I see, I see. So if someone fancies the idea of getting into the freelance game, and is it specifically focused on content writing? Because I know that that's one of your really strong areas, or is it kind of more than that? It's actually open to all freelancers. We've got a couple of translators already in there. We've got some designers. I've worked with a lot of freelancers of different stripes in the past, so... Um, we're bringing in experts in different fields as well. So it's it's pretty much anybody who's working on a freelance basis. I see. So it's not just the content stuff. It's pretty much everything then, even uh, how to, I don't know, how to position yourself as an expert and all of the things that I'm actually bad at now that I think of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of everything. That sounds pretty cool. That sounds pretty cool. So uh, tell me, how did you get into this line of work? I know that you were saying you started early, but I mean, it's uh, I dare say there's it's kind of an unusual career choice, isn't it? I mean, 
geez, I've been building websites for a long, long time, and it's it's hard finding people who actually know about how to write good content and all of that. Um, how did you get into this? How did you learn it? Who was your inspiration? Well, I went to um, college for my undergraduate degree, and I did a degree in communications. And I came out thinking, you know what, I'm going to work for a newspaper, or I'm going to do something very, very oriented towards print media. And then I started looking for a job. And that didn't go quite as well as I had hoped. And I finally found a job doing... Um, well, what they told me was going to be writing research reports, but what they failed to mention in the interview was that I had to do all the research myself and it was cold calling and it, it wasn't very pleasant and they expected me to wear shoes every day. And all in all, after a week and a half, I decided to leave the world of full-time employment and go back to <laughs> freelancing. Jeez, oh, uh, man, that's quite bold, I tell you. Uh, and I, I have to say, I really... <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time I've ever heard someone say, man, those employers, they made me wear shoes, you know. <laughs> Jeez, oh, you have high standards, I tell you, that's awesome. So you hit the road, so that then what happened exactly? Well, I had already had some freelance writing gigs, um, and I started looking very, very seriously to put together enough clients that I would have a full-time income that would at least make, match what um, a first-year journalist makes, mm. which in the States at that time was 20 grand, so it was surprisingly easy to accomplish. And I started picking up a lot of blogging gigs. There's a site called lifehack.org. I started writing for them. I started getting some other clients. I wound up blogging for CNET, GigaOM, a lot of those fairly well-known tech blogs. And that sort of built up a reputation for me that I know how to blog. And then I just kept growing from there. Ah, that's interesting. So see when someone hires you to blog, I mean, you know, are, are they looking for, uh, I don't know, are they looking for subscribers or a high SEO ranking or something else? I don't know, like, f what is the kind of primary objective when you actually start blogging for someone? So it differs between my clients. And that's one of the things that I do differently from a lot of bloggers out there. Before I'll even start with a client, we sit down, we have a meeting, and we talk about those goals. Because if I'm blogging with the intention of getting a ton of subscribers, I'm doing something very different than if I'm blogging with the intention of selling the product to subscribers that they already have. Yes, yes, I see, I see. Um, well, I tell you what, this is definitely an area where I could I could use some advice, and I hope you'll forgive me for being so crude, but I have tons of questions about the whole blogging stuff, and oh man, I'm just, I've just, I would love to be able to ask you a couple if that's okay. Oh, definitely, definitely. Right, well, let me give you a couple of my own experiences with it. I, I'm not a, you know, guru blogger or anything, I'm just trying to learn, just trying to learn, but one of the things that I, I've read about and I've tried and I'm not sure if if this is a good practice if it's something you, you would endorse but um, have you heard of obviously you've heard of spinning articles I have heard of spinning articles right so, so the idea is is you write an article and uh, let me just imagine the article said something like a sentence like 
I had a really good day today. You would write a kind of alternative sentence in, like today was a good day. And then you might write another sentence in, which are, which was something like, uh, uh, it was a good day or something. And the idea is, is you use software to uh, kind of shuffle around all of the words and whatnot. And the idea is, is that eventually you end up with about 18 articles and you submit them to lots and lots of blogging sites. And allegedly it helps with search engine ranking. Now, that's a practice which is probably at the lower end of the spectrum and uh, you know, probably completely unethical and breaks all sorts of rules and doesn't even work anyway. Is that the kind of thing that you do or is it a lot more well thought out than that? I, I got to be honest, I won't touch spinning articles with a 10-foot pole. Okay. And it's not necessarily an ethical concern. It's a practical concern from my point of view. Yeah. But the concern that I have is, especially if you're going for something like SEO, that's a practice that as Google and the other search engines are evolving, it's going to become very easy to spot because it's an algorithm. It's a piece of software. It's not a human being. So yep. it has patterns within it. And if there's a ton of articles that you've sent out like that and you're relying on those for SEO and there's you know, a Google update on the algorithm that catches a particular piece of spinning software, bam, you've just lost a ton of Google juice right there. Yeah. And if I'm going through and I'm I'm writing a bunch of articles or I bring in um, somebody to help me write a bunch of articles, yes, there's a higher cost, mm -hmm. but it's more sustainable in terms of SEO. Because if we've actually gone through and done those articles by hand, there's mm -hmm. not an algorithm that's going to be able to catch us. I see. So you're, you're doing this one article at a time. Uh, I, I guess a nice, good and honest way of doing things then. That's kind of what you recommend, right? I do. There's, there's some very visible differences even to human analysis between something that a writer has created and something that an article spinner has created. Yeah, well, I imagine there would be. Uh, like I say, I've only dabbled in this and I have some folks who help me out and they're all telling me that it's a terrible idea. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it probably is a terrible idea. So I, I'm so grateful for the advice. The, the other thing I was wanting to ask you as well is um, how do you, oh, geez, I don't know how to put this, but how do you make an article interesting? I mean, if someone hires you and they own, a, I don't know, um, I'm trying to think of a kind of, let's say they do something like home insurance or something, or, you know, some sort of boring accountancy company. How can you make, how can you possibly write articles on these subjects and make them engaging? Uh, you know, I find it a challenge, don't you? I've, I've learned that one of the, the first steps that can really help is taking a look at human stories. Yeah. So I've written content for a company that does nothing but move pianos. Yeah. And that could come off very boring. But if you go and you talk to some of their past clients about what kind of pianos they have and why they care to have it moved instead of trying to do it themselves and all of that, you can come up with some very interesting stories. And 
you, you can just retell those stories fairly easily. So, for example, um, there was a family that had this piano that this company moved. Um, and they moved it because uh, there were fires in the area and the, the house was in danger. So they went up, they got the, the piano in a hurry, and they moved it down. And they saved the piano even though the house burned down. Oh, wow. So that's an interesting story, despite the fact that moving pianos is fairly boring. <laughs> when you talk about pianos moving, I, I just have this image of Laurel and Hardy <laughs> moving pianos. <laughs> Never mind. If you've, there's a really good Laurel and Hardy, okay, just check yeah. it out and you'll, <laughs> you'll see what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that, that sounds quite cool. And would you agree that there's a difference between writing content for the web and writing content, say, for passing an exam at, you know, college or something? Oh, absolutely. The, the way that people are taught to write in college, yeah. it's all about pleasing the professor. Like, I had professors that I knew exactly the topics to write, the style to write, everything. I could get an A in every course. But if I had turned any of those papers in um, to like an editor, that that never would have worked because they're not anything like what you need for the web. Mm. And how? In, in what way? I mean, uh, forgive me for you know being so clueless, but do you need to kind of down what, what what am I saying? Do you need to dumb down a bit, or do you need to kind of I don't know use the word you or something and try and focus on the reader or something? H- how does it work exactly? Well, I think very consciously about what a reader will see on the screen when I'm writing. I think in terms of what will keep them reading rather than looking away. So I don't necessarily dumb down the concepts of what I'm writing about, but I do use simpler language because I don't want a reader to have to go and look up a term. Yeah. So the, the concept can be pretty big and pretty hard as long as the language is a little bit more simplistic. Mm hmm. Um, I also think that it's very, very important to learn the sort of language that your readers are looking for. So if I'm writing for a B2C website that um, they're, they're looking at a very specific demographic, maybe teenagers in a certain area, that language, that jargon is very mm-hmm. different than if I'm writing for a B2B site that's targeting C-level executives. That, that's funny. That 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 kind of law applies to web design as well. It's interesting. I wasn't sure if it applied to the the writing world. Hmm. Oh, absolutely. So does that mean then that, for example, I have a a web development company. It's a very humble company. I'm not here to promote it or anything. But is it safe to say that it would not be appropriate for me to go on this web development website and start cracking jokes and stuff and trying to be cool? Well, you can crack jokes as long as they're jokes that your audience is going to find funny. Okay, well, I guess that means I can't crack any jokes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay, okay. Um, I must admit, it's something that I do struggle with, like just getting the tone right, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Maybe it's something that changes over time, you know? It can certainly evolve. If you look at a lot of the blogs that have built up traffic, yep. the tone that they have now is very different than what they had just a few years ago. Yeah. Um, do you follow Chris Brogan's blog at all? 
I'm so embarrassed to say I don't. I don't at the moment, but oh, um, yeah. It, it's fine. It's just a very good example of a blog that has really evolved as he's done different things and explored new things. The voice that his blog has now is a lot, well, it's more professional in some ways, but it's also a lot more knowledgeable, a lot more of an expert voice of, I know how to do this and this is the way to do it, as opposed mm. to when he started out several years ago, it's, I'm exploring this, I'm trying to figure this out. There's a lot more of, I think, I hope, back in the, the older posts than there's, I know, or this is why this works now. Now, as far as B goes, as far as how do you get people to that sort of um, business blog, there, there are plenty of different strategies, but my favorite has been consistently guest posting, just because there are so many different opportunities out there. Mm-hmm. So going and guest posting on an industry blog or going and sending in um, an article to a local site, that sort of thing mm-hmm. has been really, really useful in getting traffic both to my sites and to my clients. So for instance, um, I worked with a web developer in New Jersey for a while where mm-hmm. he he was specifically targeting small businesses in New Jersey. He wanted to work with local clients. Mm-hmm. And there are there are an incredible number of sites dedicated to sharing information about business in mm-hmm. New Jersey. So we just put together a list of all of them and started submitting. And it bumped up traffic phenomenally well. That that traffic also converted very well because they were exactly the right fit. A lot of them were small business owners who also wanted to work with a local web developer. Just just to be clear, the the sites that you were submitting these articles too what kind of websites were they they were um news sites for new jersey specifically and most of them covered business news in new jersey ah right okay were they were they just run by some i don't know press agencies or something in the new jersey area a lot of them were local bloggers who happened to have an interest in business. A lot of them were um, in most counties in the U.S. There are what's called uh, economic development councils. Right. Um, a lot of them now have websites that have at least news sections, if not actual blogs. Um, there's even some local publications that run their own blogs and accept guest posts, like local newspapers. Wow. You know, isn't it amazing? It's such a simple thing, and I hadn't even thought of that. What a cracking idea. It's just a question of thinking about where your target client is. That is really super cool. I mean, personally speaking, I come at this from an SEO point of view. Uh, I'm interested in SEO, you know. Uh, I'm obviously interested in everything else, but, you know, that's what puts food on the table for me. And I think, like a lot of people, I've been making the mistake, I think lots of people make the mistake of assuming that the entire blogging world is made up of WordPress and, you know, you've got the other one, is it Blogger or eBlogger? And after that, it's like the end of the universe. <laughs> but what what you're saying is that actually there's tons of places where you can submit this stuff and they will happily have you as a guest writer. Is that right? Oh, definitely. That is really, really super cool. Oh, Getting dear. people to write articles for free is not a new thing. Newspapers have been doing it for years. 
Well, th- that's why you're the expert. <laughs> I'm just so glad you're here. Um, that is really cool. So does that mean then if, if someone hires you, I don't know, let's say they run a, oh, gee, I'm looking around trying to find inspiration. Um, they run a company, I don't know, that manufactures blankety blank. You would find basically a bunch of people in the same area and is it safe to say you'd offer to do a guest blog for them? Right. So um, I, we would first of all, we would look at what they have on their site to begin with, because if you're sending traffic to the site, there has to be something there to look at. Right. There has to be something that can convert, whether that's um, an order form or an address where they can come into your shop or something. Yep. So we would start with that. We might do some content for their site specifically, blog posts, copywriting, all of that. Mm -hmm. Then we would probably do a guest post campaign focused very specifically on where their target audience is. Mm -hmm. So if their target audience is music buyers who are in their teens, Mm -hmm. we will do guest posts for a MySpace blog if we have to. Mm -hmm. We'll do it wherever their audience hangs out. We may have to do some surveys to find that information. Mm -hmm. We may do some interviews with past um, purchasers, Mm -hmm. but that's how we figure out where we're going to, where we're going to put that content. You mentioned MySpace. Uh, It never occurred to me that you you could do that as a strategy. Do all of the social sites have kind of search engine value or are you even interested in that really? Is it more a case of trying to get people actually reading the articles and then clicking through? In the case of someplace like MySpace, it would be specifically looking for people to click through and look at the product. Um, a lot of those sites don't have that much value in terms of search engine optimization. Like we've done some stuff where we've gotten um, posts put up on somebody else's Facebook page or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that has no search engine value whatsoever because it's, you know, Facebook is constructed in this sort of walled garden sort of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of opportunities in terms of looking beyond sort of those straight up blogs. There's yeah. a lot of education organization sites that have like a news section that we've been successful working with and getting something up on a .edu uh, domain name, it it doesn't have as much value as it had when Google started out, but it's still much more valuable than a .info site or something like that. I see, I see. Gee, that's interesting. This has given me all sorts of ideas, I have to say. Um, really stupid question here. How big is the average blog that you would produce? I usually shoot for a 500 word post. Um, A lot of the sites that I work with will have their own requirements. Some will say, no, we don't run anything bigger than 300 words. Some will say, no, it has to be 1500 words. And if that's what they, what it takes to get a piece up on that site, I'm, I'm happy to do it. But I've found that 500 words is about the average attention span really for most readers there are exceptions of course yeah but much longer you lose attention much shorter and people are left sort of wondering well is there more (laughs) it's funny though because 500 words isn't that much really is it i mean it's about what three paragraphs something like that i mean really it really isn't that much yeah Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> what a stupid thing to say three paragraphs. I mean, if you're reading Charles Dickens, a paragraph can be about four pages worth. But you know what I mean? It's not that much. I'm I'm surprised. And so when you go around approaching you know, the news agencies and all of the different websites and whatnot and doing the whole guest blogging thing. Is it safe to say that you'd never pay to do a blog? You always say to them, look, I'll do this for free, um, but in return you get some good content or something. Is that how it works? In general, yes. There are a lot of bloggers now who are asking for payment in order to run sponsored posts as opposed to guest posts. I don't really like doing that, and I advise most of my clients to stay away from that. Um, I think that when you're asking somebody to pay to post on your site, you're not going to get the sort of quality you'll get when it the, the transaction is a little bit less financial. Mm-hmm. When it's a straight-up guest post, everybody's obviously going to do as much as they can to make it a great piece so that you're... Um, readers will follow it because otherwise like you a blogger who accepts guest posts doesn't have that much of an obligation to promote guest posts within their site Mm -hmm. but that financial aspect starts starts to make the whole situation more complicated there are a few exceptions in which i would be willing to pay to get my post up somewhere Mm -hmm. um they're very very rare and most of the, the sites that I would p- be willing to pay actually accept stuff for free anyhow. So yeah. it's not an issue. Yes, yes, that's uh, that's that's actually good news, I suppose. Um, and do you say to these people, uh, I'll do this for free, but I want to be able to get a link to my website? Or do you just say, look, I'll do it for free and, uh, you know, <laughs> that's the way it goes. How how do you actually get them to agree to that? A lot of bloggers actually are starting to put together sort of like guest post guidelines, what they will and won't accept. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very careful to follow those in the first place. If it's not clear, I do email and I say, so I'd love to do a guest post for you. I want to make sure that you're comfortable with me putting in a link to this site, um, any other, if there's um, like deep linking in the, the post to something else, I usually try to run that by and make sure that everybody's comfortable with it first. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to run into the situation where a blogger feels the need to pull a post after the fact. Yeah. Which that that just gets bad. But nice. um, mm-hmm. yeah, I I try to work. I, I have very good relationships with most of the blogs where I've done guest posting for myself or for clients. And as long as you're pretty open about what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish and the benefit they're getting out of it, mm-hmm. most people are very easy to work with is my experience. Mm-hmm. And the, these blogs, when you write, I mean, it's is it safe to say that it's not like you're going to WordPress or something? These are actual... Uh, blogs which are hosted on the person's website wherever it may be oh definitely um there have been a few situations in which we have done guest posts with a blog that's on wordpress.com or is on blogger yep um it's definitely not our preference it's honestly kind of rare that a blog on either of those sites that's still on those sites has grown to the point where it's something we're looking at anyhow. So 
I am a big believer in having your own domain name, having your own hosting. Um, I have no problem with having a secondary blog that happens to be separate from your business that mm -hmm. might still be sending traffic to your business. Mm -hmm. But having the level of control that you get once you get off of WordPress.com is very important. Um, little things like having an ad for somebody else's stuff on your, your blog means that you're sending traffic away from your blog. That means that if somebody comes and they're looking at your post and they're like, oh, this is cool. Oh, I'm not going to click on the link in the post, though, because there's this big flashy ad over here on the sidebar that I really want to see what it is. So you lose them forever. Mm -hmm. It's it just it doesn't make sense from the, the standpoint of what you're trying to get somebody on your site to accomplish, usually. Mm -hmm. Um. There is some argument for SEO, but at the same time, sending out a couple of guest posts to somewhere fairly highly ranked will get you just as much of a bump for your main site. So I'm, I'm really in favor of keeping everything under your own control. Just like I don't expect WordPress.com to disappear into the night tomorrow or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But there is a question of if something happens to them. They've had their servers go down before and blogs on WordPress.com have been unavailable. Mm -hmm. And while that could happen to my server, I basically know that I could probably get one little server fixed better than their massive set of servers that has all sorts of problems and all sorts of stuff like that. I could get my stuff back up faster if it's on my own server. Okay, well, that's that sounds uh, quite logical as well, I dare say. Now, to go back to this course that you're teaching, one of the one of the object the objections that people might have. I mean, I'll be straight with you. I'm listening and I think it all sounds fantastic, but there is one thing that would make me a bit nervous. And that is that it all sounds like really hard work. I mean, the research, typing it out, all of that stuff. Um, is it as difficult sounding as it seems? I mean, what's your average day like? Are you constantly writing articles? Or can you get away with doing one or two per week or something like that? Well, I should probably say up front that I'm not afraid of a little hard work. Um, I don't. I've got systems in place that make everything manageable, and I actually have contractors at, who do a lot of the writing with me. Um, the first couple of times you do a project like that, it is a ton of work to do it right. Mm -hmm. But once you start building the sort of connections that you can go back to and say, hey, we did that guest post for you a couple of weeks ago. We've got another one on this other topic. Would you mind letting us bring it in? That sort of thing builds up and you wind up with a system where it's a lot easier to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I'm always really hesitant about systems that say, oh, you can make money when you sleep, that sort of thing. I've never actually found one of those that works. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I've kept looking though. I'm always looking. I'm hoping someone will show up here and show me one that works. I would love that. I've yeah. personally found that doing a little bit of hard work now probably pays off more in the long run than trying to figure out one of those get quick rich schemes. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that that sounds fair enough, and uh, very good of you to say that. Actually, it's. <laughs> I think the whole get rich quick thing is becoming a wee bit tiresome at this stage. You know. Um, geez. Uh, anyway, now just just to be clear again this is come this is such a stupid and embarrassing question right but some of us have this theory and uh, not me not me not me <laughs> but some of us have this theory that people who surf the web kind of have the attention span of a 3 year old now when you hear people talking like you know, about this romantic idea of they come on and they read a blog and they swoon with delight at how fantastic the blog is. Perhaps they pause for a few moments of reflection and then they actually click through and buy. Ding, 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 ding. Sometimes, you know, the most cynical amongst us, we think, yeah, that'll be right, you know, and they probably, like click it and see if there's a couple of pictures or something and then leave. But give me some good vibes here. I mean, does it actually work? Do people really read those blogs and stuff and feedback and, you know, give you all the comments and all of that stuff? Does it? I know it sounds like a really stupid question, but just tell me, is the promised land real? (laughs) Well, so yes, there are people online who have the attention span of a goldfish. There are also people who are online who do have significantly longer attention spans, or even if they have a fairly short attention span, keep coming back. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is the promised land, is those people who keep coming back. So I mentioned that I did a soft launch for my uh, membership site. Yeah. Basically, I tweeted about it twice and I wrote a post on my blog. Mm -hmm. That's it. And I got plenty of purchases for the the charter membership. I'm purposely keeping it small Mm -hmm. so that I, well, they're my guinea pigs, you know. You don't want too many guinea pigs. Yeah. Do do me a favor. I'm so sorry to interrupt. Could you just remind me what the domain name is for that and remind anyone listening just in case they didn't catch it? Oh, it's enhancedfreelance.com enhancedfreelance.com and that's enhanced with a d in there enhancedfreelance.com okay uh, so carry on you were saying it was quite a small audience that you tested this with mm-hmm. so i actually went and dug around in my analytics um and i was looking at it because i wanted to see if i could tell what had really gotten people to buy what had been drawbacks all of that and i noticed that something like 60% of my visitors are repeat visitors for that month, that they keep checking back. Mm -hmm. And it seems like 60% would be a small amount, but when you start digging into those numbers, that's actually pretty decent, especially when you consider there are sites with 70% bounce rates out there that still make money, which I'm not going to to get into uh, too much of the analytics right here. Mm -hmm. But... It's always my goal um, for anything that I'm working on personally to -hmm. create content that brings people back again and again. Because 
So I, I come from an actually a fairly traditional small business background in terms of where I learned to do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad owns a business. My mom owns a business. All of my grandparents were entrepreneurs. I spent all of my time growing up in somebody's shop learning, you know, okay, so this is how you keep your books and this is how you send out an invoice and all of that. Mm-hmm. And the thing that um, they, they pound into your head if you are a small business owner is it takes four or five times of meeting you Mm -hmm. for you to be able to close the deal with a client usually. And content is the same way. It takes four or five times of somebody exchanging tweets with you or reading a blog post or seeing your newsletter in their inbox for them to feel like, Oh, this is somebody I know. This is somebody I trust. This is somebody I want to give all my money to. Yeah. Gee, well, that opens the door to a whole new conversation. I mean, I'm perhaps it has finally happened. Do you know, I've been for so long, I've been trying to meet someone who's actually managed to get a two way conversation on Twitter. And maybe it has (laughs) finally happened. Wow. (laughs) I love I love Twitter for conversations. I really do. How on earth? Oh, I'm going to have to really, really check out your tweets because um, I haven't. I have a Twitter account, okay? But the funny thing is, is when I talk, nobody listens, okay? Nobody listens, and I don't know what on earth to do or what to say or anything. Even, even like, offering free stuff, I cannot get anyone to listen. How about that? Well, who who are you talking to, though? Well, I my strategy, which I declare has been a failed strategy, I was interested in hooking up with people who are interested in internet marketing. So mm-hmm. I was I was going to all of the, the real gurus and looking at who was following them. And then I was just liking hundreds and hundreds of people, not liking, sorry, following. Mm-hmm. And the idea is, is that half of them would just follow me back because they felt sorry for me, you know. And then I was giving them like free offers and stuff and not like trying to sell, but just saying things like, hey, would you like a free link on the website? You know, here you go. And nobody was interested and I could not get a two way conversation. I am such a failure at Twitter. I tell you, I I don't know. I won't go there maybe. But yes, it never quite worked for me. Well, I mean, I just. I'm one of those people who at a party will go up to everybody and say, hi, what are you doing? Tell me all about yourself. And that works surprisingly well on Twitter too. Like if somebody follows me, the first thing I do is I go and I read their tweets and I'm like, oh, so I see you're doing this. Tell me more about it. And Ah, usually they do. Isn't it amazing how the greatest truths in life are the simple ones? That's what I need to be doing. It's just occurred to me. Yes, you're right. I should stop talking about myself. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you very much. On that bombshell, I think I'd probably better wrap things up. So just to be clear, the site is Enhanced Freelance. Is that right? Dot com. Enhancedfreelance.com. And I'm right in saying that this is actually, you know, and I'm not trying to do any kind of sales spiel for you here, but we're not talking about like $2,000 to get on board or anything, you know. We're still open for charter memberships, which are $7 a month, but you have to be willing to be my guinea pig. I see. Okay. Well, that's... (laughs) (laughs) I'm... (laughs) 
Okay. I guess I can't think of many better things to do for $7 a month these days. Hmm. Okay, okay. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure and a privilege to have you here, and thank you so much indeed. Um, I apologise for just stealing as much information as I can off of you, but it's, it's kind of rare to find people who have figured this stuff out, especially the content and especially the Twitter stuff, you know? Oh, I'm, I'm always happy to talk about this sort of thing. Okay, well, thank you very much indeed, and I'll see you at the next Grand Bash. Bye. Bye. Internet Marketing Talk Unscripted with David Conley. Well, there you have it, people, and my thanks do indeed go to Thursday Bram. What a fantastic guest she was, and I really do appreciate all of the information and time and everything and everything. You know, one part of that conversation that I regretted, and it was just the moment I said it, as soon as I did, I just regretted it, and it was right at the end when I asked her how much the course was, and she said $7 a month, and I think I just said something stupid and you know, tried to be funny or something. Something. But really, I mean, listen, folks, I'm telling you, like, she is the real deal. It came out, I thought it was in every nuance of her voice, you know. she's She clearly knows what she's doing. And the fact that she's willing to just lay all of this on the line and put it on a plate for you and do the whole uh, coaching gig and all of that for $7 a month, I mean, that is just ridiculous that is a, an incredible price can you even get a cup of coffee for seven dollars these days i know places where you can't you know so um that really is worth checking out i think so that's enhancedfreelance.com uh, if you want to do that and uh, actually get coached by thursday bram which i think sounds super cool so enhancedfreelance.com Thank you once again, Thursday, and thank you, the wonderful listener, for being here. Um, I do do I do I do do I do appreciate it. And please make make me very happy, please. Let me know you're alive. Go to the website and just leave a comment or something, you know. Thank you so much indeed. I'll see you next week. Have a fun packed week. I have a feeling this is going to be a good week, you know. So have a good week and I'll see you soon. Bye. Internet Marketing Talk Radio. But you never heard that before.